Hi, I'm Dino Chapotis. It's November, or as some people refer to it, Movember, which we'll explain, but it is Men's Health Awareness Month. And tonight, a survivor and a fighter on Whiskey Business. We've heard the term six degrees of separation, where you're never more than you know six uh, people away from something or some buddy. That's very true in a lot of situations, especially the one we're going to talk about tonight. It's a nasty word, cancer. Cancer, you either know someone who has going through the trials and tribulations of cancer or know somebody who's died of cancer, whether it's a family member or a friend. My father died of lung cancer at 83 years of age, so it touched me there personally. Um, a story that someday I'll go into much, much more in depth, but not tonight. I'm just using it as an example of the fact that you're never more than one or two people away from that horrible, horrible disease. And how do you handle it? I mean, a lot of people give up and give in. A lot of people fight and never quit. And the people and the loved ones that are with those people fight and sometimes they give up. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a range of emotions that are involved in the fight against cancer, whether you're actually going through it or you are with a loved one that is going through it. The bottom line is that nobody has to go through it alone, and yet sometimes you feel desperately alone. Tonight, we're going to talk about those moments that you fight and survive. Hi, I'm Dino Tripotis, and this is Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And tonight is, uh, well, the whole month actually is Movember, November, Men's Health Awareness Month. But they specifically focus, if you will, on uh, certain cancers, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and also men's mental health issues during the month of November. Movember is when a lot of men grow out their mustaches and their beards uh, to support the cause. We will talk about that and also... Uh, share something fun with you a little bit later as we do our part on Whiskey Business. But I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Can't do this thing without my producer, Greg Hansberry, who's usually here at the table. But since we have a very crowded forum tonight, he's over there. Thank you, Greg. And of course, our video producer on the YouTube side of things, John Whitney, who also lost a family member to cancer. Two, Two of them. Yeah. Two of them. So like I said, it's never that far away from anybody. Um, our guest bottle tonight, I'm giving this one another chance. This is the Old Scout 107. We've had this on the program before. This is their American whiskey, and I'm not really crazy about it. I love everything that Smooth Ambler puts out, except this one. But this one was actually selected by the state of Ohio. They went down and made a selection. So I thought maybe we'd give this one another chance. We'll talk about it and see what my guests think about it as we introduce our guest tonight. Uh, right over here, we have Professor uh, Dan Skinner, who has a podcast called Prognosis Ohio, which is a uh, an Ohio Health 
uh, policy and political uh, re- report of, of what's going on in the state of Ohio. Conversations about healthcare in our state. Yeah, which is something we're going to get into tonight. Next to him, somebody you may recognize from a previous podcast, Jesse Hubbard. Jesse is back to talk about a very important event in the month of November. Absolutely. Which, yeah. you just, give it, just give it the what's coming on, basically, and we'll get into details yeah, more. Yeah, we're calling it Cocktails for a Calls. We're doing whiskey tastings and a ton of fun events all month long. All month long yeah. to support. We're raising money for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. For the Prostate Cancer Foundation, because next to you is a man you talked about in depth on, on the podcast and we were on, yeah. your father, Russ, who is currently battling prostate cancer. Dan battled and beat testicular cancer. You're fighting cancer. And we appreciate you being here as well, sir. And I understand that you just came from chemo today. Yes, I was at the James Center. And uh, first, I just want to say, uh, Jesse's setting a lot of things up for this cause. And I'm thanking Dino for inviting me on this podcast tonight. I I'm, th- I'm that. thrilled that you, uh, that, yeah. that, that you wanted to come. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Let's start with November, the month of November. I don't know how November, I don't know if you have any insights into this, Dan, how None November whatsoever. Became, and they became the, the month for, for men's health awareness. But um, I had a prostate cancer, not a, not a cancer scare, but a prostate scare. I had the snips, I had the, the clips done, and everything was fine. So I'm good. But like I said, uh, I know a lot of people that, that haven't been good. You got diagnosed with testicular cancer when? 2009. 2009. Mm-hmm. Out of the, I mean... Symptoms? Yeah. Well, you know, so with something like that, with something like testicles, I was on a plane for a long time flying actually to a job interview up in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. When you're on a plane for that long sitting, you start to say, hmm, something ain't right. So that's kind of how it happens for a lot of people. I mean, you have these stories of Lance Armstrong where one of his testicles had become like the size of a cantaloupe or something. It's amazing how long men will wait. Every indication is that something's wrong, but sometimes men will just keep going and keep going, regardless. So yeah. in my case, you know, I was on the plane and I was heading back from uh, Fairbanks trans, uh, transfer in Seattle, and I called my doc right from the airport in Seattle, and I was like, I got to see you tomorrow. Something's going on. So, you know, you just feel something, and this is what we I, I teach at a medical school. We try to teach our our, phys, our soon-to-be physicians. Your patients know. Listen to them. Yeah. Uh, Dan Skinner is a um, health policy professor um, at Ohio University Yep, over in the Dublin campus. And and that's what you do there and teach. And and we'll get into more of what you, because uh, I'm very curious about where we are in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. When, you know, we always want to get awareness, Jesse. You know, there can never be too much awareness as far as I mean, yeah. how much awareness do we need? As much as we can possibly get. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned. So you started this campaign. This campaign is going to go on the entire month of November. It is, yeah. Um, the kickoff event is going to be on November 7th, and it all comes to kind of a close on uh, the 30th of November. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun events all night, uh, all month long. And, you know, the goal is to just raise as much money as possible for the Prostate Cancer Foundation and to raise the awareness, you know, that you were just talking about because it's something that people seem to know about, but they don't think it could really happen to them, and it affects so many people. It affects so many men. And, and uh, I'll pass this over to your dad, Russ. Mm-hmm. Was this a situation that you caught early, and were you, or, or is it something that you've had a, a problem with over the course of your well, life? As, as as we get older, mm-hmm. they say, and back me up on this, Dan, if you will. Mm-hmm. They, as we get older, they say, men, if you live to be a ripe old age into your eighties and nineties, it's almost unavoidable. You're going to get prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. 
And in some cases, it might be a slow cancer where they say you're 92, you got prostate cancer, but the way it's moving, it won't kill you till you're 100. Don't do anything about it. Well, it's interesting because prostate cancer is not that uh, clear with that. It's there's a lot there's a lot involved. It's good news and bad news. Good news is we've always been told as men, if you're going to get a cancer, get prostate cancer because you'll live to be 80, 90 before you'll die from something else. What they don't tell you is there's aggressive forms of prostate cancer, and they call it the Gleason score. When you got your clips, you got your when you had your uh, biopsy. Yeah, and uh, if you have a high one, that puts you in a higher risk. However, the good news is prostate cancer as a whole is not considered an aggressive cancer, okay? Like pancreatic cancer or lung cancer. So when you talk to symptoms about him for him systems for, for testicular cancer, the symptoms for prostate cancer is very slight, but it also can be masked for prostatitis, for an infection of your prostate. And that's what I had at first. And then that cleared up. But it, it, actually, it was the beginnings of prostate cancer, okay? And so I went like three years, and I'm one of these people that check everything. So, and, okay, so you were. Yeah. You were. <clears throat> I was proactive with stuff to do. An early first, awareness and type it, of guy. And you it know, still you, got you, you did everything you're supposed to do. Yes, I did. You went and had all the tests that you're supposed to have when you get to reach a certain <clears throat> age. Do you do that, Dan? Well, I'm 42, you're so 42. I'm kind of entering into that Into zone. that world. Yeah. And Jesse, how old are you? I'm 38. Uh, they say traditionally, if I'm not mistaken, 50 mm -hmm. is whenever you start getting tested, uh, having your prostate you know, uh, examinations. But um, me and my brother are at uh, higher risk, so I have mm -hmm. already uh, begun that testing sure. process. So at a much younger age than you would traditionally do, so I was 36 when I started. Mm -hmm. but I, like, I would like to make this crystal clear. You don't have to be embarrassed of any examination that's going to cause embarrassment. What you have to have is a very simple blood test called PSA. It will it will distinguish whether you're a candidate for, for prostate cancer. Then you can go through the other motions. Okay. That has to be done. I'm going to bring that up because mm -hmm. Dan and I were talking about this mm -hmm. too, about the validity of the, the, the PSA. There's a lot of controversy uh, as to whether or not it is an yeah. accurate marker, and your your thoughts, Dan, on on the PSA test. I mean, yeah. In in, in some sense, it's the best we have in, in in some cases. But there, you know, in when we're looking at something like routine testing, if we're going to like test everybody at the age of thirty or the age of forty, you're going to get a lot of false positives. You, you whenever you institute a routine test like that, you're going to catch a lot of people in it. That actually, you know, the test indicated something and then they operate or they. So what you always want to do when you're trying to set a standard like that is make sure you're not catching too many false positives because lots of unnecessary surgery, especially prostate surgery, mm -hmm. can have a lot of other side effects that are really problematic. Some around sexual function, some around, you know, um, various different kinds of function. Right. So you you, you got to be careful. You got to find that sweet zone. And we're, we're not there with prostate cancer yet but the PSA is definitely something that has certainly saved lives but also is being talked about as something that you know um, we need to do better with so how do we I mean obviously you took okay. PSA at, at its okay. at its word okay. right correct okay. and it worked in that case and I mean it, 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 what it was yeah, supposed to do well, yeah let, let me just make this comment <clears throat> I'm not a professor obviously but when you get into a situation like what I have and I was diagnosed with stage four Prostate cancer, so it's spread all over. For right me. out of the gate. That's right off the gate. Yeah. That's my diagnosis and learning about it. And learning about this, I'm almost a professor in it. I'm not a, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a professor. <laughs> no, you said, and I was but I, you but for I sounding had, very knowledgeable oh, about what, oh, what's I going am. on with you. I am. Because there are a lot of people, 
well, with all due respect, your age that just kind of like no. uh, I just I just go and they and they and they treat me and I don't know, you know. But you seem like you've taken the time I'll, I'll drop to learn name. about your condition. I will drop a name here because I will just drop a name, Professor of OSU, Doctor George Ho, who first treated me for this, mm -hmm. and his feelings a little bit different, but similar to yours. His feeling is he's a urologist, a surgeon, and a professor, and he treated me for a year. And his feeling is that. The PSA is essential at 50 and older, just essential. It's just, but like you said, yeah. at a younger age, it's, it's hard. You get a lot of false positives. That's the beginning. That's yeah. just the beginning. And that's what they have. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of things he said about it. I don't want to get, really get on it because I couldn't prove anything he was saying, but he is very strong about that. And then there was things, misinformation given out by medical society and stuff and about that. Yeah. At the same time, was given out information about mammograms not being effective for women. Sure. So they both come out at the same time, and so anyway, that was a problem there. But that's how I was diagnosed, and uh, it's essential. My advice, as from someone who's fighting this at a bad stage, is get a PSA checked. I've talked to doctors, my own doctors, pulmonary doctors and stuff, and they say, I'm checking the check tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, So get that, and at least it gives you an idea. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep in mind, I, mean, I don't mean to dismiss at all, and we mm -hmm. want people to get checked. We want them to get yeah. checked early. But your point that that's what we have, I yeah. mean, from a, as a health policy person, that's yeah. also something we look at, which is, can we have something better? Yes. There's always a question yes. we want to ask. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. PSA is certainly not sufficient. No. It's what we have, mm -hmm. so do it. So how do we... But that, I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. But that's the beginning, because once they find, and they drop the number, it was four, anything under PSA of four, you're okay. They dropped it now to under three. And so if you have 10 or 15... You got to go and get it checked. And the only way they can check it after that is biopsy. Mm -hmm. And biopsy is not a, a pleasant thing, but it's necessary. Um, there are a lot of urologists that use biopsies right there in their office, and they don't want an anesthesiologist. I don't know how yours were, but without an anesthesia, it's very, very painful. No, I had but it. You had it. Babe, I had, it didn't it, bother me that much. No, but the James Center, uh, they make sure you're sedated and you don't feel anything. But that will give them an exact cellular structure of what you have. I, I don't mean to make light of it. No, but, no, no, but, no, no. But, no, but no. I, I did no, not. Ahead. I did not have any type of uh, anesthetic mm -hmm. when I had the snips mm -hmm. done because, uh, and they told me my 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 friend who had gone through it said it's going to be mm -hmm. one of the most painful things they've ever gone yeah. through. But prior to that, the, in, six months prior to there, I had had a cystoscopy where they put the scope into the head of your penis. And that was the gauge of pain for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? After that, you can pretty much handle anything. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, yes, I got you. I got you. I, got I you. threw my penis. I feel you. Yeah. Oh, I feel you, dude. You know, going in through my ass <laughs> and taking a couple snips of my prostate, that seems mild by comparison. <laughs> did, any, did anybody tell you the size of that tube would be? Oh, my brother-in-law told Lord. me it'd be the size of a garden hose. <laughs> it was crazy. Said, oh, thank you. I, I actually have a, a question for you. So you... You know, to your point of the PSA blood test being maybe not the best possible option, but now it is the best option. Yeah. Do you have any idea or any thoughts on what would be a more accurate uh, way to gauge that? Anything that you have read about or any studies that you've seen that you think maybe would be the future of that? No, and I'm not an oncologist either. I'm not yeah. a health policy person who focuses on oncology, so I don't want to pretend to be that. But we do know, again, uh, when you're looking at making something routine, you do need to think about false positives. So for example, with the breast cancer, with mammography, which is, as you had mentioned, has is, is also been part of these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you need to think about all the uh, unnecessary mastectomies that are gonna happen based on a routine surveillance technique that you're using. You're using. It doesn't mean we don't do it. Mm 
right. it means that you're always you, you have to weigh these these, sure. these consequences. Can, can I say something? You know, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would just like to say, and you're absolutely right. But with prostate cancer, you get that PSA reading, and it's high. And mm -hmm. the, it's a, a very scientific method methodology. There's, I mean, you could get improper surgeries, but you will get a, a biopsy of your prostate gland, and they give you 12 biopsies in that gland, and they'll find out how many are positive and how many are not. And it's 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 pretty scientific there. As far as you get to that point, yep. they're going to know. So that's how it works. It's interesting because, and I, I won't mention his name for mm -hmm. for the sake of his privacy, but a friend of mine just had his prostate removed. Had prostate cancer, had the prostate mm -hmm. removed, and uh, um, and he had had the biopsy as well, and the biopsy didn't show anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it it, it it showed him clear, which it you was know negative for all of them. Gave, yeah, yeah, like much like mine, which actually when he told me that gave me pause for concern. Like, yeah, well, so mine was clear too, and then right. they found something. Uh, I don't know what procedure it was possibly an MRI. I don't know, but the, something they found they found something, and they got it, mm -hmm. and they and they took it out. He, has, he hasn't gone through chemo or anything like that. But I'm like, damn, I had I was all negative, you know, completely, and then so were you, and now it's it's but, gone. But if they if it was all negative, and then you a year later get another PSA, and you still had something in it, it would show that, and they would probably want to do another biopsy. But the thing is, having your prostate removed would not be a, an option if you're stage three or four. That's right. not going to help because gonna, it's a valve. Yeah. And you have a lot of problems like incontinence, sexual problems. And that's a person. I have a friend at work that it didn't spread and he had that removed. That was his, it's his decision. No radiation treatments. Well, he had a few after, but he had it removed. And it's a very personal decision for a wife and a husband to go through. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, it's, it's a very serious thing. But. That's interesting. You got all negative, and uh, that's good for you. That's good. Uh, not for me. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm all negative yeah, too. Yeah. But but then when he told me he was all negative, mm -hmm. and then you know, six something. months later yeah. they find something, and and uh, you know, it just shows you how scary it's, this it's, is. It just seems like it's, ex it's excuse my my yeah. my crude term, but it seems like just a crapshoot uh, yeah. on some level. You're just it's medically speaking, Dan, it seems like we're just rolling the dice. You're not rolling the dice, but you're sometimes not doing a lot better than rolling a dice. I want to bring something up that, that, that Dan and I were talking about. He says, the state of Ohio, uh, and I'm going to quote you on this from our earlier conversation, has some of the best and the brightest people uh, working to help. You're at the James, which is one of the greatest facilities best, best around. But then Dan also mentioned that we were also on the bottom of, of health outcomes. And I found that to be a very interesting thing. That we, while we have the best and the brightest, treating, discovering, learning, you know, pursuing, trying to conquer it. When you say we're at the bottom of health outcomes, is that us as residents of the state? Is it how we're living and how, no. or how we're not living that's contributing to that? So one of the first things, you know, one of the fun things I get to do as a health policy person teaching medical students is say, you know, unpopular things like showing them the data that, you know, one fifth of health outcomes is really driven by what we call traditional medical medical care. Right. One fifth. That, you know, the, the, the way our society is uh, built, um, you know, the broader social indicators, what we eat, the air that we breathe. Uh, exercise, um, you know, all these things actually have a lot more to do 
in terms of how healthy we are. So once somebody shows up to a medical office, if it's the Cleveland Clinic or Cincinnati Children's or the James, if they're too far down the road, it's going to be super hard to bring them back. Like that, that's a, and it's also super expensive. It's a lot of expenditure. It's a lot of resources. Um, we're not very good at preventive care in Ohio. We don't do a very good job of that. Getting people in for screening is one thing, but also thinking about things like what is the quality of our air? So, you know, I walk outside my house in Grandview some mornings and we all hear it in the Columbus area. Your nose burns. What the hell is that? You know, I don't even know. I, I know there's some factories around that are producing that, but our air quality is not good. And it really like to quote Bob Dylan depends on which way the wind's blowing. Um, water quality, lead, asbestos. Uh, mold, uh, you know, various, like, all this stuff adds up to a pretty bad situation that we're living in. And then we have these fa fantastic healthcare institutions and we expect them to fix us. Um, it turns out that that's not only the most inefficient way to do it, but it's not going to produce very good outcomes. And medical institutions are learning this. They're starting to do more and diet? more way. How about your diet? What you think? And yes. your diet, I mean, yeah. down down the line, smoking. Sure. We're, we have, you know, we're-, we're I'm a the, smoker. Yeah. Were you, were you ever a smoker, Russ? Uh, that's another story, but no, I'm not. I'll tell you that later. Okay. Go ahead, finish, All Professor. Right. Go ahead. Jesse, you don't smoke. I do not. No. <laughs> not yeah, but, but we're no, no, but we're in the bottom. Um, you know, we're in the, uh, somewhere in the 40s out of 50 in the United States for smoking levels. Um, you look at the you look at the issue. You know, Cleveland Clinic is an amazing institution that does fantastic cardiac care. Um, you know, our heart care in this state is terrible. So, um, you know, compared to, you know, some of the other states um, that we might want to be more peers with. So that's the kind of stuff we look at. And, um, you know, it doesn't tell a good story. Okay, well, I want to tell a good story. I want to focus on Jesse for a second, because Jesse, uh, uh, you know, you, like I said before, everybody tries to do something that was that's within their own reach. And you have this great month of November. So let's talk a little bit more specifically yeah. about some of the great things that are going to be happening and how people can, uh, you know, rally around this month and do some fun stuff. So what's going on? It starts on November the 7th. It does. I mean, technically, it starts uh, on Friday on the 1st uh, in the sense that we're doing a uh, cocktail all month long where a dollar from every one of those sold is going to go towards the Prostate Cancer Foundation. And this is starting at the Southern, where you work? Yep. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah, right. the Great Southern Whiskey Bar inside of the Weston. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is on uh, 310 South High Street on the corner of uh, South High in Maine. So all month long, any day of the week, you can come in and get, we're going to do a couple different cocktails, but get one of those special cocktails. Um, we'll have them featured and ask any of the bartenders for them. We'll whip it up and immediately a dollar from that drink sold will go towards the Prostate Cancer Foundation. Five big events though, all month long. Um, we're going to have Whistle Pig Rye Whiskey in on the 7th. We're going to have uh, Middle West Spirits in. Which, which, uh, which, which, which Whistle Pig? We're going to be doing the six year piggyback, nice. uh, the 10 year and the 12 year. And we also have a bottle of the Boss Hog. We had the Boss Hog on not too long ago. Uh, so which, one? which one? Um, it's last year's. Last so year's? it's not okay. the one in the sake barrels. That's okay. last year. So yeah. we've been holding on to that. We had the independent on. That's not going to be part of the tasting, but it's going to be Still available at a stuff. special price. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to have Steve Frederick coming in and doing that tasting for us. We're going to have some raffles from uh, Whistle Pig. So much cool, like limited merch. We're going to be raffling off a bottle of the Whistle Pig uh, piggyback six year. All of that money is going towards the Prostate Cancer Foundation. On the 14th, Christina Basham is going to be doing a, a tasting of Middle West Spirits for us. Going to be raffling off a bunch of cool stuff. So many different ways, each one of these events to bring in money for the foundation. And... Uh, on the 14th, or on the, that's the 14th rather, on the 17th, Watershed is coming in doing a bar takeover with us. 
they are awesome. The stuff that they're doing. Um, my buddy Tommy Householder is coming over. So their lead bartender over there. He and I are going to come up with a uh, special limited craft cocktail menu for the night. We're going to be doing uh, like band, local band called Mung Beam. They're Mung Bean. They're awesome. They're so good. They're going to be doing a special two-piece acoustic set there. It's going to be a pay-what-you-want tasting. All of that money is going to be going towards the foundation. We're we'll doing more raffles, all kinds of cool stuff like that. 21st Angel's Envy is going to be in the house. Pretty ambitious schedule, man. Pretty ambitious schedule. We want to do as much as possible and give people as many options as possible to come in and try mm-hmm. to try to you know help out and just have fun, you know. Uh, and then the thirtieth is all going to come to a close. Uh, Barry Chandler is going to be there. I know you know him well. Yeah. He's going to be there doing there doing a tasting of uh, Jameson Redbreast and Powers. Nice. We're going to have uh, Wolf's Ridge in the house doing a tap takeover. We're going to have a DJ George Brazil. We're going to have a silent auction. So many great items from so many. So many terrific people, everything from, you know, spirits that you can't even get in this state to, to autograph sports memorabilia. Um, Mike Martin of Engine House 13 is going to be donating a ton of uh, his amazing uh, silkscreen concert posters that he does for bands all across the country. We have so many cool things there. Free food, cocktail specials, so many different ways. Money towards every one of these avenues that people are going to be purchasing things, or it's all going to go towards the Prostate Cancer Foundation. And who else is going to be there? And this guy right here. I was going to say. Russ Hubbard. What what, what night is Russ going to be there? That's what people want to see. No, my dad's going to be there. I'm going to have a lot of friends and family in the house. And, you know. What night's night's your pop's going to be there? Dad's going to be there the 30th. The 30th? Are you going to wrap? You're the closer. He's the closer. You're the headliner. That's right. I mean, in truth be told, that's, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed. You know, being able to help people in different ways, but this has touched me in such a, you know, touched us all in such a personal way that I just, it's such a helpless thing sometimes to be watching somebody that you love go through something like this. Do Do you you feel helpless? I do because I can't fix it and I want to fix it. You know, I mean, there's only so, I mean, you obviously, you got the love, you got the commitment for your father, but you know, you, you can't. I know, I know, but it's just, you can do what you can. I pray, you know, I'm there for him and mom and, and, uh, and, you know, and everybody, but you want to fix it and you can't, you can't do it. And cause he's always fixed everything for me all my life. So this is me doing something to try to make sure that it never sneaks up on anybody else again, just by getting out here and talking with you guys and talking to everybody about it and having these fun events, but at the same time, educating people to the best that I can and just putting it in their, in their mind. That this is something we need to kind of look out for. And I don't want, I don't want other people to have to go through, you know, this hurt if that's at all possible, you know? Well, like I said. We can help somebody prevent this in the future. That's a pretty cool thing. Russ, mm-hmm. how do you feel? How do you deal with this? How do you, I mean, when you deal with it in respects to your son, Here's, though? With, with Jesse as well, and I'll get in, into that for, for me. And we, we talk, we talk about, and I'll put it through you this way. I call it the three Fs. For me, and everybody has their own way. Either you believe, you're faithful, you're not, whatever your beliefs are. But this is the kind of thing that, that tests you right here. So you're fighting for your life. And for me, it's three Fs. The first one is my faith. I have a strong faith in Jesus Christ, and I know he will heal me. He'll take care of me, do whatever has to be done, whatever God's will will be. That's faith for me. The second is family. The support I have in my family, my son, my other son, Christina, his wife, my other daughter-in-law, and my beautiful wife, and all the family, my brothers, and all the family I have. It's We feel in our family, a lot of t- tight-knit families are this way, when one person gets this dreaded disease or any dreaded disease, we all get it. So we rally around, and it's a beautiful thing. And the third F is facility. 
I am in the best facility at the James Cancer yeah. Center in Columbus, Ohio. Other than that, you'd have to go to the National Cancer uh, Clinic Center in Chicago and Philly and Atlanta. And this one right here for the Midwest, I'm just telling you, if anybody, I'm telling you out there, um, listeners, if anybody you know has this type of thing, the best place to be handled is in James. Their, 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 their skill level is high. Their intelligence is high. Like the professor said, we, we have a lot of great places like that in Ohio, and the James Center is the place. So those three things are happening for me. That's how I handle it. And I try to convey that to Jesse. I try to, you know, he supports me, and I try to support him in this. I'm not dying tomorrow, and I've got stage four. And I've been fighting this for three and a half years, and you know, maybe you can see me. I look relatively good. I was gonna say, I mean, I, you know, in, in, the, in the podcast, in the podcast that Jesse did, he talked about you, and I, I envisioned this. He he kind of portrayed you as a as a as a badass, and and I'm looking at you now, and you just had chemo this afternoon. And I'm looking at you. You come in with your flannel shirt and your Popeye T-shirt. And you got your, you got a full head of hair. You got a better, huh? Busting balls. Busting balls. When he walks in, he walks in the door. He's I'm busting being easy balls. on you guys. Believe me, you I'm got, being easy. You got a better hairline than I do right now, and you're going through fucking chemo for crying out loud. That's going to change. They put in. They gave me a new cocktail or a joy juice, as I call it. And my hair will, will leave, but you know that's part of the part of the deal. So I'm going to be a hat person. You know, anybody got suggestions for a good hat? I got a lot wear? of good hats. You can take one of my hats. I just got it. Go. Good. I you just, got a big head. I just got a large head. head's like you're a Greek. Sometimes you, you, you say you're half and half. half. I got a big. I got He's a, a Hubbard. He's got a big head. I got a huge. You're a half breed like me. I got a huge freaking head. <laughs> can, I'm going to give you one of my hats right. before you go. I just got from a Christian brother, 81 year old Christian brother from church. He just gave me a, a Pedora, a Frank Sinatra Pedora. Oh, okay. What's wrong? That's what I got. I'm gonna, you want to come on the 30th for this event that Jesse's throwing? I'll be wearing that because I'll be bald as a cue ball. And I'll have that nice hat on and I might sing Frank Sinatra. Bald New York, New York. Because I was born beautiful. in New York. I'll sing it. I was going to tell you, I'll give you my Mets hat if you yeah, want. Mets, <laughs> yeah, Mets. Yeah, Mets. Yeah, I'm you a guys... Dodger fan, but my greatest uncle was a Mets fan. Oh, yeah. right. You're still a Dodgers fan even, even after oh, they left? Yeah. Even after oh, they yeah. Left? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was named after him. A Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Brooklyn Dodgers fan. They left in 57. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know. This year. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Excuse me. Which, 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 uh, which, was, are you the National or are you a Houston fan? No. Uh, no, no, neither one of them. At least my just got a little far. I thought they were going to get there. Yeah, well, that's yeah, better. Th- yeah. I got no room to tell them. I'm a Pirates fan, so, you know. Good for you. They're yeah, thugs. Going for you. you know Pirates are thugs. Pirates are thugs, man. They're thugs. They're not thugs. Hey, hey, my manager of my credit union they can't, played with the Pirates. And they, can't, they can't keep a team long enough to, to become thugs. They keep <laughs> trading them up. Don't get me started. We'll go down a, a whole How do we get the baseball? Oh, wait a minute. i got to leave. The, the World Series is on right now. we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but to, uh, it is. So hey, to, to your point, yeah. he's a badass. He is a badass. He's a badass. Can I say one last thing? You could not have one last thing. You could say one more thing, but not one last thing. I'm not done with you. Something very important about preventative health care. We can learn a lot. And I could just tell you that. And you're a Google society. Google is up. I can't even lie to him. I can't embellish anything anymore. He looks it up and he said, that's not true. But I just want to tell you this. I don't want to tell you where the source is from. Google it. Here's the problem in our country for prostate cancer. It's all I know a little bit about. In all the Western civilization, that eat red, eat meat, and eat whatever they're eating, whatever. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. 
other than we are the have the highest cases of prostate cancer in this country than any other from Germany, France, Italy, you name it. There's a reason why, and you got to ask yourself why. And they're doing research on that. They have an idea. You may know a little bit about. Would you, why. I was gonna say, would you back this up? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know what you're. Yeah, Google it and you'll of, find but, out. What, yeah. Well, I'll just tell you. Um, the professor told me, in his opinion, and uh, the oncologists are not sure. The verdict's still out. But he believes that the hormones and steroids, and you guys have all heard this, ingested or in, uh, put into the steer and put into the the port, the you know the hogs, are creating this ingestion of hormones in us. And he believes it's directly related to. You're talking about diet earlier, yeah. you know. I mean, that's so part of that's that right his there. belief with the data I, that he has. Yeah, and I, don't I, mean, know. I, I can't support that in particular. But yeah. clearly, we don't think about what we put in our bodies. Yeah, sure. Are you a healthy eater? <laughs> I mean, I'm a vegetarian, but you know what that ha what happens with that sometimes is just like you're a carb loader, you know. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all right. I'm not obese. <laughs> But you know, thank you for being just a vegetarian, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the vegans fight with me. Well, all no, the time. no, like, not yeah. even. I, I would be fine if you were a vegan. Yeah. It's just uh, someone mentioned someone they were a a, a pescatarian. Ah, like so a, we can eat fish, right? So, well, I'm, uh, fish like, what is a pescatarian? Else. I don't know. I'm a vegetarian who eats fish. Yeah. Well, fuck, just say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be a name for everything? Yeah, really? All right, so, so thank you for just being a vegetarian. No, I did. I mean, I did it for you. So. I want to add one more F, and I, I, I don't mean this out of disrespect. Right ahead. Faith, family, facility, mm -hmm. and fuck off cancer. That's, that's my yes, fourth sir. F. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You said that because when I left today for, the, for, for my second fusion, I, I left with him and talked a little spiritual thing with him. And... Uh, be uh, per personal about it. I just told him I've never been closer to Jesus Christ than I am right now. That's for me, okay? And then I, t I talked to him. I said, uh, <laughs> all right, I got to go. Now let's kick let's kick, the, kick this cancer in the ass. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And we took off in the next one. I took off, right? Yeah. Remember? It's, yeah, it's obviously, it, it's very obvious to me that you have a great support system. Oh, yeah. When you were going through testicular yeah. cancer, was there a support system for you? Yeah, I'll are, say a, a couple you, things. First, I was in New York. I wasn't in Ohio then. Okay. But, you know, the James is fantastic, and we're lucky to have the James. People who live in different parts of the state, by the way, they have to go pretty far to get to the James. So the disparity where you live mm -hmm. in Ohio, mm -hmm. that's going to be a part of the story, I drive two miles, two hours to get here. Yeah. That's where I live, yeah. yeah. Get, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. So, you know, but that's 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 part of it, is how far do you have to go to, yeah. to get to... Um, yeah, I was very lucky. I mean, New York obviously has fantastic uh, health care oh, yeah. systems. Oh, yeah, the best. Um, yeah. You know, I got a lot of stories. I have a pretty good sense of humor about the whole thing. I mean, like, you know, one of the things I do want to say about prostate cancer, breast can all cancers are not the same. Um, the, the politics behind it, the names, uh, famous people who mobilize research and support. Lance Armstrong changed probably my life because Lance Armstrong's publicity for all the other stuff. We can leave that aside about Lance Armstrong. Tons of money going into to uh, testicular cancer, Indiana University. So in respects to awareness and, sure. and, and research. In research, they, yeah. they zinged it. If you get it early, testicular cancer, that's the one you want. We're going to debate about which one you want, which is a funny thing that cancer people do. Um, and breast cancer, obviously, Komen, all that. Like, you know, lots of, lots of focus on that. There are lots of cancers that nobody gives a crap about. And there's no money going into them. Um, and and that that's the the disparity in the different kinds of cancers. And if if you don't have that, you know, flashy famous person out there, you know, raising consciousness, raising money, um, that's a big problem. 
you know, and uh, that was the deal with colon so, cancer. There was a deal with lots of different cancers that nobody's ever heard of. That's that's kind of maybe that's a reflection on our society. You're saying unless somebody, you said Lance Armstrong, with his, you know, bringing testicular cancer to the forefront, you know, that that helped the cause. Yeah. You know, so you're saying uh, we need somebody famous. To, kind of to, to yeah. have to yeah. have. I think it is a reflection on our, on our society. To have society, prostate yeah. cancer, we but, need. We but need also a, a willingness to talk about it. And, you know? and it, uh, yeah, is that what it takes? And let me tell you a layman's point of view of this. For me, a layman's point. Because that's kind of sad. People ask me about it, and I say, depending, forget uh, celebrity status, because that's very true, though. But forget that for a second. Depending on what deadly disease you're diagnosed with, where is medical science at the time you're diagnosed? Where are they? And with this particular thing at the James Center and a lot of places, I was just in a, a clinical trial. They have clinical trials all the time. If it's open, you can get into it. There was 100 in the United States. And it was a worldwide clinical trial. So if you have a very prevalent cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, there's going to be a lot of money going into that to try to find these things. But like you said, if you have a very rare type of cancer, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Because it, you know, they're limited. And they don't have the money and the resources in it because there's not millions of people in, the, in a rare cancer, but in prostate cancer or breast cancer, they're working hard at this. You need and, people to call attention to issues. I mean, yeah. you said it's sad, but I think it's just, you know, it, it certainly it's, is sad. It, it's sad, but it's, it's, it's a fact. But but we do need people to speak up. And, you know, certain kinds of cancer, um, you know, for some, for whatever reason, people are, are hesitant to talk about it publicly. It's been one of the things that I've been really, you know, that's been important to me is just to talk about it. It's funny with testicular cancer. So, yeah, you, it, until you have testicular cancer, you don't realize how many ball jokes there are in our society. For example, <laughs> just how much we talk about balls. How many are there? I count. The last time I yeah. counted, I counted yeah. seventeen. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. You know, I was, oh, I, was, uh, I know more than seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing my my Blue Jackets jersey at Madison Square Garden at a Rangers Jackets oh, game, yeah. and this guy turns to me and goes. You got a lot of balls wearing that jersey in this arena. And I said, actually, I have one ball (laughs) because I went through testicular cancer treatment recently. He said, oh, I'm really sorry, bro. And I'm like, oh, man. So, so that, it's it's nice when you can use your one ball as a weapon. Yeah, as a, when you can yeah. use your one ball as a, as a, as a as a, yeah. as a, a great retort uh, back and yeah. just shut somebody that, that one up. ball even more. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. Ball. A New York Ranger said he was sorry to you. Come on, so literally man. balls. New York Ranger, a, a hockey fan, yeah. like a, you know, he, he's Some processing it. The guy just told me he has one ball. I got nothing. I, 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 I got nothing. I thought he would say, "Let me see." <laughs> so is that true? It's called one ball. Yeah. Did you have one taken off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had one taken off at, a, at just one round of chemo. I mean, I was, I'm lucky, right? Sta- right. Stage one testicular yeah. cancer is, is yeah. like we, we know what to do with it if we get it early. Um, so, yeah, you go through that. And, you know, I mean, I, I talked to other people who've gone through that. And there's a little bit of a camaraderie around that. Kind yeah, of thing. There is. Like, you know what it's like. No, I don't. No, know no what you it's don't. Like. I don't like, know what it's they like. They know what it's like. I, yeah. They know what it's like. Yeah. So you have that. You have that group. You have that. That, that yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. it's it's pretty far in my past now. I mean, ten years, you know, I'm pretty clear from do, all that. Do you and, go back for regular checks? Yeah, they kind of sent me home after a while. They're like, "We're done with you." Um, you know, I, I have my some regular check, but basically, they know what to deal with that, and you just pay attention to your body. How's it? How, how is it when you're getting uh, uh when you when you're being tailored for a suit? <laughs> Here it comes. Well, okay. So, I mean, Dino, I knew you were going to go down yeah, this 18. path. So, 18. I, 
The jock scraps is only coming <laughs> one. I don't know. I'll, I'll give you. I'll this, 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 does a tailor have to accommodate for for a missing ball? Not that, but I will say this. So, <laughs> how much that, time do we have? Let's add up all of the jokes. And I, and I knew I didn't want to disappoint Russ. Russ yeah. said you say some things that I would never say. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, yeah. Russ. There's my question for the one. night. There you go. And some people. That's not that bad, actually. And some and some people told me this is exactly the kind of humor Dino is going to love. So <laughs> I, I I brought. But, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, um, you know, things like so when I was living in New York, there's always this phenomenon of these men who because they're, they're big balls, you know, the man spreading phenomenon, sure, their yeah. legs wide apart, right, taking right, up right. too much space. You know, I'm sitting there a little tight, you know, like, I'm fine, you know, <laughs> fine. fine. Makes it easier to find a seat in the subway. Exactly. What's your deal? Exactly. You know, no, I, I think that actually, um, you know, watching a lot of Jon Stewart during the time, you don't realize you know, how many ball jokes the guy makes until you kind of are focusing on something like your ball. Uh, and, and that's true everywhere. So, you know, I, I, I think that for me, finding humor down the road from it was important. We're going through this. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, I, I know that the humor is an important part within Huge. the breast cancer world. And, you know, and it's serious, but it's also like, you know, like this is our bodies and bodies are funny at some level. Like your body is a ridiculous thing, a machine that you don't quite know exactly why it operates the way it does. Science knows some things about certain things and just it's fascinating. Nothing about other things like when I, I, to me, that's frightening as a patient when you realize just how little research there are some parts like the brain. We know a lot about the brain, but man, we like almost know nothing about the brain, right. too. The word privacy came up before. And one of the things that I've puzzled through with all this is here I am at, I'm on the podcast talking about my ball, right? My, my lost ball, um, which is somewhere, you know, out there. Um, and you know, we're not used to talking about our body. Like there's this sort of, oh, it's my body. My like, There's something really transformative about talking about your body and just being honest about what's going on with you. And we're right. so, you know, and you know, people are worried about getting fired. They're worried about, you know, I mean, pregnancy gets talked about in terms of discrimination. That's all real. But I've actually found it really transformative to be like, you know, this is like my situation. I think like, men have a know, tendency yeah. to mm-hmm. be proud and not show any vulnerability. You know what I mean? Or like that could be that could be misconstrued as a sign of weakness in some men's But mind, masculinity you know? is in the way of medicine all the time. So I agree. Like Gulf War agree. syndrome. Men who are experiencing all sorts of sexual dysfunction from from you know, warriors, right? People, military folks. And they couldn't talk about it because their identity was as a warrior. And they could. So as a result, they suffered. Things are changing. I'll give you an example. One of the greatest coaches ever, Vince Lombardi. Yeah. Okay. He had problems with uh, his his uh, bowels and stuff, and he had pain. He didn't want to bother it. And he actually said this. Yeah, his daughter talked about it. And that in that era, talking in the 1960s, he said, "I'm not going to have anybody stick their hand up my blankety blank. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen to me." And he lasted. He he then coached from Green Bay. He went to the. Uh, Washington Redskins, and then after that, he died from it, from colon yeah. cancer. I got friends now yeah. that refuse yeah. to get a colonoscopy when they turn a certain that's age. That's crazy. Because they don't want, I'm not doing that shit. And I go, But that's crazy. It is crazy. The mentality the back then, yeah, is, really they didn't have a whole lot of that kind of stuff going on, but they have everything you can just check. And you're, you know, you're seeing all this. You got to do it. If you, you know, you don't wait till the pain is there. It's too it's, late. It's, it's, it's changing. It's yeah. changing slowly. So you got, yeah. you know, you, you have that. You have Brian's song around testicular cancer that oh, yeah. was it, the 70s movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bob Dole and Pele are doing ads for erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. and starting to talk about these kinds of things. Like just having people out there talking about what's going on. I mean, go. 
Tom Green, what he he had his like testicle like removed on live, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, I I think that the more we're willing to talk about these things, but also kind of just have fun with the craziness of our bodies and be like, look, yeah, this shit happens. It's okay. It's okay. And that the, the more you do that, the more people are willing to go to a doctor and and to talk and about what's going on. You know how that resonates? On. It resonates from somebody like you that had it, somebody like me that's going through what I'm going through, mm-hmm. and Dino putting this on this kind of format Absolutely. so people can see it and talk about it. And then Jesse doing what he's doing to try to make this awareness. That's, it, helps, important. it helps you. Yeah. It's therapeutic for you, and it helps other people. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, definitely. It's, it's, it's important. It's a big I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you guys. I've been to three other doctors, and after I told them what happened to me, he said, I'm getting, and they did. I'm getting my PSA checked tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're over in their, in their 50s and 60s and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just How old are you, Russ, if you don't mind me asking? How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Actually, I do mind. It's very personal. Oh, I, don't, I, don't rather, <laughs> I would rather I would feel like Why don't you give a guess? I like this. Why don't you guess how old I am? I would guess <laughs> that you are. Watch this. Watch this. I have a lot of olive oil in me, Dana. I know. I'm factoring in the whole right, Mediterranean on. thing. This isn't a test, Dino. This is just a question. Come on, man. say 72. Oh, you dirty rat. <laughs> you dirty rat. <laughs> dirty rat. <laughs> I asked for it, did I? How yeah, what do you expect? I'll be 69 on November 20th. Oh, I was off by a couple of years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Call me, call me an old geezer. I'm not yeah. calling you an old geezer. <laughs> yeah, you 72. Your hair's, your hair's whiter than the... Than, 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 Snow. This. <laughs> then snow. I'll help you. So <laughs> sad. I don't tell think 72 Tell him how it's going to be for him. How time it's going to be. I mean, be. it's been that color since I was a kid. So, yeah. I mean, it's here. That's not too bad, but, but personally speaking. 72's I, not bad. I'm insulted. Uh, you're insulted. Oh, but there, there's right. something you I want to mention, though. You didn't even tell me. Don't be offended. Look at the plus side. If it was the fair, you would have walked away with a prize. But you didn't even say, you didn't even say, don't be offended. You didn't even tell me that. You're half Italian for crying out loud. Dino, there's something I got to mention, though. 72 or 69? You got Medicare. You got you got you have health care. You have insurance. Oh, right? We're going into health care now. Yeah, we for Medicare. Forget about it. I, 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 forget about it. Well, that, that, that was one thing I wanted to bring oh, up yeah. because oh, this yeah. is what the man does. He oh, is yeah. a, he is a, uh, a health policy You're not uninsured. <laughs> professor. Well, my he, wife is. My wife is me. in the gap. She's 63. Yeah. And she's it's terrible. Yeah. So you, you know more. Mom's going to kill you for just saying how old she is. Uh, <laughs> he, had, he asked me how, how far I was away from Medicare. Oh, you? Yeah. Oh, I could. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Look at those eyes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't look at my eyes. You got crow's, crow's feet up the wazoo. But my wazoo. I'll call you. How far away are you from Medicare? From Medicare 65, right? Yeah, you're 59. Oh, God bless you. I'm 60. I'll be 61 in April. That's all you got for me is God bless you? Yeah, you paid me a compliment. I insulted you. You insulted. Do you know why? But I asked for it. I, I like how a couple years the wrong way is an insult. A couple you know, years, just a couple years, all of a sudden it's a compliment. I, I, I feel like I stumbled in on a poker game. <laughs> we could go all night. Being oh here. my god! We could, all night. we could go back and forth on all of it. My thing is, six months before I was diagnosed with my cancer, right? I didn't have health insurance. I was full time employed. Uh, as an adjunct, I was teaching a f- more than a full load that any professor in grad school or adjunct professor should be teaching. But my union got us health care. City University of New York. And I'll tell you, every year on the anniversary of my cancer, I write to them and I thank them. And I thank them publicly on my little Twitter account. So you got your insurance before you were diagnosed with Just it. before. Yeah, otherwise. But it, was, but it was because my union fought for us to have it. Yeah. 
And that was a big deal. And if, oh, yeah, that's a big if, that, if, that, life, insurance, really. if that insurance yeah. would have come a month later after you got diagnosed with the, with the with the cancer, what would have happened? You know, it depends on the group insurance that we had. If they that. did actually get that, then, then maybe I would have been able to make an under, but probably not. Right. I mean, their the pre-existing conditions in 2009 before the Affordable Care Act were a real thing. You know, they, oh, yeah. and, and um, you know, that's something that's dangling out there right now that a lot of people um are looking at and wondering what's going to happen. So I want to put a plug in that because, you know, plug in for that because that, I mean, you know, shitty insurance is one thing. No insurance is a whole other ball game. And a lot of people are rolling a lot of dice and our system kind of makes them roll the dice on that. So I feel really lucky for that. And I think it's something that we just can't take for granted. And to answer your question about what I'm going through with that Medicare, I mean, you know, it would be almost impossible to fight this thing. Mm-hmm. But you still because fight it. Oh well, my fighting. Would you fight it to the same? My, my I don't think your son would let the fact that you didn't have Medicare no, no, they get in the way. But, but Dana, if that if that were the case right now, instead of talking about this, we'd be talking about a GoFundMe for Russ. Oh sure, yeah, right, right, right. right, right. That's, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. About, and his and his his event would be to raise money to be able to get him basic health care. How about something different? How about lasagna yeah. for Russ? How about that? I would like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. lasagna, lasagna, lasagna for Russ. Nice. Is good but too. the fight the fight goes on like this for me. I'm a fighter, been my fighter my whole life. This is a this is probably my last fight and I hope it lasts for decades okay because they'll find a cure one day I don't need a cure and in prostate cancer it's two things that 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 they they determine where you're at it's one one is called stable you're you're stable there's no remission for prostate cancer it's one of these roller coaster things where the cancer attacks you you fight it and it stops for a while and you're stable then it progresses again so it's stability and progression and one day, all they got to find is a way to keep it stable, okay? And maybe that'll come. We hope with this kind of awareness and stuff, that stuff will happen in the future. Uh-huh. But for me fighting, I will fight within everything that they have that's reasonable because you get to the point of quality of life with these type of things. And, you know, if you're by yourself, then you can decide anything you want. you got family that loves you, they want you. The old Christian kind of joke is this, that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. Mm. That's true, yeah. right? So, yeah. so Dino, I'm a fighter, and I'll fight to the very end. It's until until my Lord says enough. That's enough yeah. of your fighting. That's who I answered it, to. It's been uh, yeah. a dad's toughest, strongest man that I have ever known, and it's uh, it's interesting. You know, he taught me and my brother how to how to be men and act like men. You know, when we were growing up, and we see it's still lessons. There's always lessons. You know that you, that your father. Um, teaches you and just watching dad deal with this and you know it, it makes me think that someday if I have this you know I'll remember how he went through and the, the grace and the strength that he is so he's still teaching you. still teaching me oh, he's yeah. still he teaching always you as we speak. He, he, he always will oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's uh, uh it's it, he's you know uh, inspiration that I, I just give one little example for me it's something that I took in uh, as if God forbid I ever get through something like this and I, you all remember this did you hear me say y'all? Y'all remember this, okay? I'm in Southern Ohio now, so I don't go, uh, you know, use guys or nothing anymore. You can say use guys. I can, yeah. yeah well, use guys, forget yeah. about it. Forget about it, but use guys. Well, you can go with a student yeah. go Pittsburgh, the Yins. The Yins? Yeah. Yeah, you can go with Yins. Right, the, yins okay. guys. Ungots, ungots. <laughs> so, anyway, so anyway, for me, 
And I know you remember this, and you guys probably do too. And I forget what year it was. Could be 10, 15 years ago. It was a Terry Shavo case mm -hmm. in Florida. And Terry Shavo was a young lady that was in an automobile accident. And her husband said that she should be turned off the uh, take sure. the plug, take the plugs out. She's on a ventilator. And her mom and dad were saying, "You remember all this?" Yeah, mom and dad it was one of the no, yeah, it was a it was a, it was it was it was one of the first of its kind. Yes. That, that well, there was one in New Jersey before but, her, but anyway, anyway, but that was a big one. That was a big one. And the parents said, "No, no, no, we want to keep her alive." And she never had any directive of anything, right? Uh, living will or nothing. And she just said, her husband said, "Well, she told me if this ever happened, she didn't want to be." vegetable and we remember this whole thing and this poor woman they paraded on tv so they got independent judges from the state of florida that had nothing to do with any of them they they decided she's totally brain dead and they had an expert come on neurologist so they pulled the plug at the same time pope john paul was dying the pope of the catholic church was dying he could have been hooked up to anything and that pope showed us how to go with dignity he showed us and I'll never forget that. He just, you know, they, they came, gave him comfortable. I forget what he died of. But it showed one one part of it to the other, total opposite of the spectrum. So what, what's your... What's That's your, what I drew from what, this. What, if, I, you, if I'm going into something like this, I want to make sure that I have some dignity in me if I get to that point. That's my point to the whole thing. So... And I drew from that a little bit. You... you the, yeah. When that day comes, when, when that day comes, hopefully when, it's thirty-four years. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I agree. When it yeah, comes, yeah, but you, know. you wanna, you wanna. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so you know, but a, uh, unless you sign something, unless you're very oh, yeah, specific about signing something, you know, it's gonna be out. tough for him. To, no, 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 he's gonna. gonna is he gonna? Is he gonna sign off on on all that? No, he doesn't have. As a son, that's a tough. That's a tough question, man. No, there's no signing. It is. This is hard This is our directive. This is our living will. There's nobody can change anything. And then we have an actual will, legally binding. Well, okay. Okay. Now, well, he, now you're talking to the health and policy. No, no. I'm just saying. I mean, theory. this this is a problem, right? This is a problem. You know, if he does decide that he wants to put up yeah, a fight, fight in the room, yeah. you know, it's not always so clear, and that's something we don't do well. We don't we don't let people die with dignity very well. We don't even sure. let them die in accordance with the wishes that they've made fairly clear with uh, expensive lawyers sometimes at the table. Well, some people have a philosophy of Jerry Seinfeld's philosophy. Jerry Seinfeld says, yeah. if there's a light plugged in, I don't want you to pull that plug out. <laughs> don't take nothing out. Right, but, yeah. but we're we're not we're not we're not letting people do that. And and I do want to say, I mean, one of the one of the lessons I learned out of my experience and again i i don't even when dino said he wanted to talk about this particular part of my life i was like i it's almost there it's back it's it's in hindsight which is i'm really lucky for in, in hindsight but still but, important and, but no and, no it is it isn't important but i, I just want to say you know um you know you got to be able to make decisions for yourself too many people make their own care situation it's, it's all wrapped up in what other people around you want we've got to be focused on what people want themselves I, I know of a young man who just uh, passed away from 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 cancer, thirteen years old, and you know, um, you know, li listening to what children want, wishes, the wishes of people have to have to matter, and we don't do a good job of it. We're getting better, I think, but um, I, I I think we've got a long way to go because it's a cultural problem. We want to hold on, we want to hold on, want to hold on, but actually. Um, quality of life matters to a lot of people. Yeah. Know? So, and that's but as you were talking about that, and as you're telling that whole story, mm -hmm. I kept a, I kept an eye on your son the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like watching. Story. He didn't I, like that story. No, he doesn't like I'm it. I'm not talking about it. And, and I'm not. I'm, I'm, watch, I'm watching his facial <laughs> yeah. expressions. Yeah. No, I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching his brain spin and twirl mm -hmm. and 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 think about everything. And like you know, 
I, I don't know what's completely in his head, but he's like, mm. I got to say he's like, thing. I got to just he's, tell he's the like, story. The, the, the expression was, mm, fuck that. I got to tell it, you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, so what, I'm, what I was thinking, I guess, was, uh, uh, you know, this, the entire conversation was making me anxious. I bet. You know, it's, yeah. it's, I it's, bet. it's hard to talk about. It's, it's, uh, it's a reality of life. And I have no idea what the hell I would do in that situation. But health makes us anxious. Men's health makes, you know, taps all of the anxieties of masculinity. <clears throat> and uh, you know, th- that's just another barrier to being able to think about what it's, what we're actually trying to deal with here. It's a conversation yeah. that I, we could continue to talk about for another hour, but I got to start wrapping things can, up. Can I just can do I, this I, real I, quick? Of course, Russ, you are my guest thing. of honor. You can say so whatever you want. This is a father-son thing. And when your son grows up to be an adult, okay, and looks at you as, as, as wanting comfort, and wanting reassurance, everything's going to be okay. Nothing like this. But way back when we were traveling out to Oregon, <laughs> we were traveling out to Oregon in an SUV, and we're just going out there, moving, you know, going out there. And uh, we're up in uh, Cheyenne, I think Cheyenne, I think it was Cheyenne, Wyoming, or something. Wherever you were, we're up in the mountains of the Rockies. It's cold up there, and it's a rented vehicle, and I'm running out of gas, and I didn't look at the thing. I'm running out of gas, and it's cold as can be, and it's like. 70 80 miles to the next gas station so he looks at me like comfort and reassurance from his father he says dad are we gonna make it i said don't look good <laughs> don't look good he says what do you mean don't look good i don't think we're gonna make it i mean i'm telling you the truth you're an adult what are we gonna do well we're just gonna pull us out of the road and cuddle up and wait till some truck driver goes by trying to flag him down that was the first time he was looking for reassurance that was that was like the first time i ever realized that dad doesn't have all of the answers <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, and, and that's, and that's so, a great way to close this out because we yeah. don't we don't have all the answers but we continue to search and try to find the answers <laughs> we try to find answers to questions dilemmas uh, and everything else that's involved in this crazy part of, of life that is cancer I want to thank my guests and, and, and I also want to say this uh, a couple things but first let me say I'm not done with these guests because Dan Skinner has uh, a lot to, to tell. We'll have him back. This is a book called Stories of Opioids in Ohio, Not Far From Me. This is a book by Dan that we're going to get into because Opioids in Ohio is another crazy, separate podcast all of its own. I'm not going to jam it in the cancer podcast. Not going to jam it in the no. cancer podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I invite you back yeah. in 2020 when we come back to, to talk about this in depth a little bit more. Jesse Hubbard, who is one of the premier bartenders in the city of Columbus, I expect to have him back to talk about things that we love, boozing and, and, <laughs> and, and, and making cocktails That's right. and other cocktail stories. And you, my friend, you, my new friend, based on the podcast I had with him, I want you back not to talk about prostate cancer, but I was fascinated by some of the stories that he just touched upon in respects to your life and trains. And trains. Oh, I, stories, want, I, want, <laughs> I want the in-depth train stories. So uh, as we go into 2020 and you're feeling better and beating this shit, you come back and you entertain us with uh, with some of your life adventures. Well, I don't know you well enough, but I'm going to tell you it's a date. Okay? All right. It's all a right. date. It's still That's a date. all right. And I just want to say one thing real you quick. Say before, whatever you want. Before we, I got one we, more we thing should, to say about Hansberry before we yeah. go to. I want to thank you guys for having a, an episode dedicated to this uh, today. I think it's so important and uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time. And 
And it's an honor to be here with both of you guys. Like I'm just I'm just here. I'm a guy who just makes some drinks and I'm trying to raise some money for something important. Uh, these, you're not these, just a guy who makes drinks, you're the premier of these, bar. These guys. Yeah, no, it's a premier. These, not just no, the, no, he's no. humble. No, he's humble. These, yeah, these, guys, these guys are what it's about right here. Seriously. Like I'm honored to be here with you guys. And uh, you know, thanks for letting me uh, you know share a little bit about the upcoming event. And one more thing that we're gonna do, and it'll be a separate little video on YouTube. Hansbury, can you get yourself into the camera view over here? Because Movember is coming up and 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 Movember November is the month where men either grow beards or mustaches or both. Now, I went ahead and shaved early in the week so I could start fresh. Yeah, let me grab and, uh, Jesse's mic here. So we're, we're going to do an Instagram Live, Facebook Live. Right. Uh, I brought my shaving gear. We're going to uh, give myself a little mustache. You're going to tra trim yeah. off the beard. We're going to trim, trim off the beard, beard and, and keep the You're going to leave the mustache. Take maybe some handlebars. Yeah, which will make order. you look like the worst pornographic <laughs> actor ever. Thank you. Yeah, worst porn actor ever. That's mustache. what my wife would say every day. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but so uh, look for that on if you haven't seen that on the social medias yet that'll be out there that's going to be out there this podcast we'll drops and while you're out there why don't you just go ahead and tell people what uh, else they should well do. first real quick uh dan uh give us the details on prognosis ohio where and how can we find that yeah so i'm the host of a, a healthcare podcast here in, in columbus uh affiliated with wcbe fantastic station you should be a member um it's called prognosis ohio apple podcasts google podcasts wherever you get your podcasts so check out prognosis ohio very good. Thanks. Um, Whiskey Business on, on all your favorite podcasting uh, apps. Uh, rate and review us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Johnny Whitney, uh, of course, does the YouTube video. I'm going to get in here, too. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I want in, There's the guy. Balls. Uh, sorry, I don't know. Ball. 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 Singular. Uh, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis on YouTube. Subscribe to that. Um, and uh, also, we're going to make sure that uh, with this specific podcast, we're going to have links to uh, the Prognosis Ohio, of uh, the your events, event. your, uh, Jesse's yeah. event down at the That's Great awesome. Southern, and um, some resources for people to um, get their balls checked. Not their boss. <laughs> well, well, and, and prostate. Balls, their balls, the prostate, prostate, everything. You were Just doing you men's were health. Doing, you were doing so well. PSA. <laughs> Get a PSA. You were doing so well. I was almost there. I was almost there. He had to throw it in. You know, it was a lot. You did a good job. I've been job. drinking a lot <laughs> off camera, all right? You guys aren't seeing me watching the ball in game fairness, drinking. When you get your prostate checked, you should probably get your balls checked. Yeah, 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 yeah two separate all things, one, dude. All in two separate things. Hey, Dan, it's all connected. Hey, you called him Dan. You called him Dan. You guys. Hey! 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 Progress. Face, professor. Thank you. <laughs> Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production, as you know, uh, produced on the audio side by, by Greg Hansberry <laughs> and the YouTube side by the amazing John Whitney. I want to thank my guests, uh, Professor uh, Dan Skinner from Ohio University, the amazing Jesse Hubbard, and pretty goddamn amazing Russ YouTube, Hubbard bro. as YouTube, well, bro. my friend. YouTube, you know, we're going to talk again. Oh, we're yeah. not done. We'll do I'm not done with you. Yes. I'm not done with you. We'll do All right, we're going to go just me and you. Jesse can come if he wants to hang out. Every podcast <laughs> ends with a threat. <laughs> I'm not think, done with you. I think I think he's really one year away from uh, Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and did, and did anybody uh, take a shine to the old Scout 107? Right. Yeah, okay. I was happy to have something simple. Smooth Ambler, Smooth Ambler, with all due respect, you have way better whiskeys, and I love you dearly, but this one, the American whiskey, ain't cutting it. So uh, we're going to put that one off to the side and say, until the next bottle, see ya. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.